0: Hello there, I'm Dr. Nathan. Today I want to talk about some basic care and training of horses. Really the basic care is what prevents you from having to see us more often than the annual appointments. In the small animal world, I just can't understand why people won't put their animal on flea prevention. Well, this is what I consider basic care. Because so many problems that they bring their pets in are because of a lack of flea prevention, or A lack of basic care. First, let's talk about how state and federal law look at basic care for horses. I'll give you the Kentucky basic care laws here, but please remember Kentucky isn't known for having high-quality laws to protect animals. I have seen some changes in the years I've been practicing, but please remember, when you are deciding how to care for your horses, do you want the bare minimum? KRS 525.130 states a person is guilty of cruelty to animals if they fail to provide adequate food, drink, space, or health care. Hmm, sounds basic and understandable, but also kind of vague. What's adequate space? What is adequate health care? As someone who has investigated animal cruelty cases for some of the local counties, I think I can shed some light on this as we go. But how serious is it if you don't take care of your animal? Well, the FBI looks at animal abuse as the same as other felony crimes such as arson, burglary, assault, and homicide. It is tracked as such. And studies show that animal abuse is linked to other crimes like serial killer murder as well as sex with children. So, this is serious. But it's easy to really prevent getting into such serious conversations by taking some personal responsibility and giving your animals the basic care they need. So, first, what is adequate space, which is often interpreted as adequate shelter? We will limit our discussion to horses today, since that is what I have the most experience with in a legal sense. But it's a loose term. I'm sure it was made to be a loose term because there are many things that can be considered adequate depending on the situation, but also when someone is under investigation, that makes it hard to determine if they are violating basic animal care. When I was investigating cases for animal abuse, I wanted animals to have the ability to get out of inclement weather. This could be as complex as a barn or maybe a three-sided shelter. But this could be as simple as a grove of trees that the horse could get out of the wind and rain in the winter or get some shade in the summer. Horses are good at surviving cool temperatures. In general, my personal horses live in a big open field with some forest they can walk into if needed. And they stay out and are fine even when temperatures reach single digits. They're built to insulate themselves. Their fur coat is great at this, unless it gets wet. So if it rains and the temperature drops, the horses have trouble with their thermoregulation. They need a place to get out of the rain when the temperature drops like that. In those specific situations, just an open field may not be good enough shelter or space. For example, in those situations, we bring our horses into our barn. Another thing I took into factor when investigating cases was the horse's state of health. Young healthy horses have different requirements than old horses. In the previous example, a young healthy horse may be able to recover because it has sufficient body mass and muscling so it can shiver and get warm after a rain and a cold spell. But an old horse without muscling and fat may not be able to recover. So, the type of shelter that is available can vary a lot depending on what is acceptable in the various situations. Just because someone doesn't have a barn doesn't mean they don't have adequate shelter, though they may not have adequate shelter all the time. As far as actual space, I talk more in other episodes about how when we put horses in smaller boxes is harder on the horse but when the law is looking at it, they generally want enough space to provide the forage a horse needs for eating. A rough rule of thumb is two to five acres per horse. Again, there is variability on this. You can have two acres if it's lush green grass, but if you're looking at pasture that is more brown and weedy, then it needs to be close to five acres per horse. And if you don't have that acreage, people can supplement with food and other things. But as the box gets smaller, we have to provide more to the horse so it has everything it needs. A horse also needs adequate water. A horse needs about 24 liters a day or one gallon per 100 pounds per day. Again, this is a guideline. This depends on the ambient temperature and how much the horse is exercising. I want to take an example of water and shelter or spacing. I investigated one abuse case where the owner had a water source. It was at the bottom of a very steep hill. The young horses were fine getting down there, but the old weak horses had trouble getting down, and then could not get back up this steep hill. So there was water available. It it was just a typical pond, but that's fine. It's water, and horses will drink out of that. But when it rained, the hill got so slick and was so steep that the horses had trouble going down without falling. I'd like to say the other investigators may have fallen a few times going down to investigate the pond. And as funny as that was, it was very serious for the animals that were in this situation. Because the horses were fed on top of the hill. But when it was slick, the old, weak horses could not get back up the hill. In this specific case I'm mentioning, it turned out the water was actually not safe for consumption. But take that out of the equation for the moment. The water was only accessible if the animal sacrificed food. That was unacceptable. If you can see, making sure animals have what they need is oftentimes situational. I just mentioned food. So what does a horse need for food? Well, again, situational. Horses have grown up eating grass. So that may be all you need to provide. A horse on pasture 24-7, if it is good quality, should meet the metabolic needs of the horse. However, if you don't have enough land, perhaps that 2-5 to five acres I mentioned above, you have to start supplementing hay. I will have the PowerPoint on the Patreon, which has some more specific measurements, or you can refer to my equine nutrition lecture but in general, a 1,000-pound horse will need 11 pounds of hay a day. If you are working this animal, you may need to consider adding concentrate foods as well. Again, it's not a clear-cut answer, but if I'm investigating you for animal abuse, I basically ask if those things we just discussed have been met for the individual horse in the individual situation. Not everyone has to have a million-dollar barn and feed their horse food out of a golden horse trough, But you do have to provide for your horse for its needs in the box you put them in. Then we get to medical care. And here there are many situational things as well. First off, most people when discussing animal care are like, well, are the horses up to date on vaccinations? And my first thing is, well, vaccinations are not required by law. I mean, I think vaccines are needed now more than any previous point in human's history with horses, but they aren't required by law at least in Kentucky. I don't always know what's going on outside my little holler. So the law looks at it more as if the animal is injured or sick, care has to be given. That's very vague and I have seen many arguments between law enforcement officials about this part of the law. My thing is, if you are getting annual vaccines from your vet, it's easier for me as your vet to go to bat for you and say yes, I have examined this horse for the past five years. It's been healthy, and they give the vaccines I recommend. It looks much better if your vet has a relationship with you that you can say you have given consistent care when before a judge or animal control officer. Lastly, while again not required by law, deworming and fecal egg counts are something that helps me maintain a healthy horse. But now let's slide away from the legal side, which hopefully none of you will have to deal with. If you are a vet student, be wary of the legal stuff. Court cases are annoying. It's hard to get paid accordingly for your time and expertise, and even though you likely are approaching the case scientifically, court cases often become political, and you can make clients upset by working for the government and investigating neighbors and family of your clients. While you may just think it's another report to write, many people take it personally and think you are out to get them, which might prevent them from seeking care from your vet clinic. Again, let's slide away from the legal side. Most people do good providing the basic care as required by law to horses. But that's not all that is appropriate for basic care of a horse. The horse needs to be able to be handled. If the vet cannot treat an animal, it cannot receive medical care. Vets deal with frightened animals and painful animals, not misbehaving animals. We can and will refuse to treat if we think it is unsafe for us or our staff. There are basics every horse needs to have for medical care. They need their basic handling to have to be able to receive medical care. They need to be halter broken. They need to stand for shots and blood draws. They need to stand for palpation over their entire body. They are not allowed to bite, and must pick up all four feet if we need them to. And most importantly of all, kicking is not acceptable. I had a client start laughing at me when I got kicked by a horse once. Not the laughing with you because we're all in this together followed by disciplining their horse, but rather the laughing like a slapstick comedy. I left that place and never went back. Horse vets have a high incidence of injury in the vet industry, and it can be serious. I was doing surgery once at a referral hospital and a technician walked in and informed us an experienced vet had been kicked in the face. He was in a coma and they didn't know if he would make it. This is serious and career ending. The wrong kick could be death for us. The wrong kick could be career ending. I had a kick to my leg once that if it was lower would have shattered my knee. If that had happened I would not still be practicing on horses today. This is dangerous and serious, and that is one reason there is a low number of equine veterinarians because we have a dangerous job. Kicking is not acceptable or funny. We have wives, children, family, and lives. When someone doesn't train their horse and expects us to work on an untrained animal, that's not acceptable. Horses need to be trained. That being said, as vets, we realize not all procedures are approved by the horses we work on, and even With good training, they need some extra help to keep them on their best behavior. We have various ways to restrain horses, and we may recommend these to help with procedures. There are various twitches that can be applied to horses, or sedation may need to be given. But, to sedate or twitch a horse, we still need to get close to them, so the horse must be handleable and trained. It's better if the horse can be handled with no sedation, but we have safe ways of twitching or sedating animals. The less stress on all involved prevents future problems and proper training of the horse is the cornerstone to all that. So yeah, what's the summary to this? Use common sense. If you don't think you know or you don't have common sense, call your vet and schedule an appointment. Your horse by law needs food, water, proper shelter, and proper medical care. And your vet can't give that proper care if you can't handle your horse. So train it. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. I hope our discussions are valuable to you and aid in giving perspective. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud. If you find this information helpful and want more content, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash theveterinarypodcast. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com, the veterinary podcast as always thanks for listening and i hope this information is helpful to you if you do find it helpful please like it share it so other people may find it helpful
1: as well